And all the church said, Amen. Amen. I want to express my sincere gratitude and my appreciation tonight once again to your illustrious evangelist, to Brother Franklin Florence, to the elders of the Harvey Church of Christ, and to this wonderful, wonderful membership. Let me express my gratitude and my appreciation to you for the very fine manner in which you have nightly received these messages for the motivation and the encouragement that you've given me to continue to stand and to proclaim the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I once again tonight want to join in with Brother Florence and with the eldership of this congregation to cordially welcome those of you that are visiting with us. We're honored to have you. I know you probably have broke away from your midweek Bible study or some other obligation, and we are appreciative of your presence in the house of the Lord. This has been an exceptional week for me, if for none other reason than to be able to make uh, a reacquaintance and to see again the many, many brothers and sisters that I've come to love and to know uh, over the years who are in the Chicagoland area. And uh, it's just been good for Sister Shabazz and I to have been here. We've had a wonderful, wonderful week this week, not only fellowshipping with this great congregation, but also uh, having some family time. As you know, we have a son here and a granddaughter. And uh, so we've gotten a chance to get it all in this week. And, and we want to thank you from the depths of our heart. Please pray for us. On tomorrow, we'll start the journey, uh, making our way back to New York City. And uh, Harlem told me it was all right for me to come as long as I have enough sense to come back home. So, amen, amen. And I appreciate the fact that they love me enough to want me to come back home. I appreciate that very much. But I do want to thank you. I don't want to be remiss in my responsibility in conveying to you my heartfelt sentiments. And I want you to know that I don't take it lightly that you've extended to me this very gratuitous invitation to come and to be with you and to share with you my faith in the crucified Savior, Jesus Christ. Y'all smile at me and say amen tonight. All right, I got to get my energy levels up, so y'all help me. Stand to your feet, would you? Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Grab your Bible on your way up. Grab your Bible. Everybody ought to have a Bible. Everybody ought to have a Bible. You can't know the will of God without the book of God. And so you always want to have a Bible. You ought to have a Bible on a smart device or something, but you ought to have a copy of God's inspired word. I want you to raise it real high and repeat after me. And I'm going to tell you why I'm doing this. We must never forget. To let Chicago know that the Harvey Church of Christ is a Bible church. This is not about I feel, I think, I believe, this is how I see it, this is how I interpret it. God doesn't want lip, he wants some script. So, so we're, we're, people of, we're people of the book. Lift your Bible high and repeat after me, this is the word of God. In it I put my faith. And my trust and my hope and my confidence. And I believe if the Holy Bible is faithfully read and believed and obeyed, it can lead me from earth all the way to glory. Somebody shout amen and amen and amen. God bless you. I want you to come with me tonight to an all too familiar context of scripture. Come with me tonight to the gospel according to Matthew chapter 17. I'm going to commence reading at verse 1 and I'll terminate at verse number 8. 
And from this context, I'm going to lift the subject for this final message in this series of lessons that the world might know him. What the world need, Harvey, is Jesus. I said what the world needs is Jesus. He is the Messiah and the Son of the living God. And what we need above all things is Jesus. And our work, our mission is that the world might know him. On Sunday we began with the gospel according to Isaiah. On Monday night the gospel goes to Corinth. On Tuesday night the gospel goes to Rome. This final message tonight is entitled, You Must Hear Him. You must hear him. So to facilitate this sermonic castle, I want to direct your attention to the gospel according to Matthew chapter 17 and I'm going to commence reading at verse 1 and as indicated I will terminate at verse number 8. Y'all with me smile and say we hear preacher. And after six days Jesus taketh Peter, James and John his brother and bringeth them up into an high mountain apart. And was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun. And his raiment was white as the light. And behold there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. Then answered Peter. Said unto Jesus Lord. It is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let me make here three tabernacles, one for thee, and one for Moses, and one for Elias. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. Behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved son. In whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were so afraid. Jesus came and touched them. And said, Arise, be not afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. Hear ye him, Jesus only. Hear ye him, Jesus only. Turn to your neighbor, smile at him and tell him, we must 
Listen to Jesus. Please be seated. I want to suggest to you that the Holy Bible is a book that is unparalleled. There is not another book in the annals of humanistic writing that can compare on any level to this grand old book called the Holy Bible. It is the verbal, plenary inspiration of God. And it is God's sovereign choice to convey his message to the world without end through this book called the Holy Bible. In New Testament times, this Bible opens with what is called the Gospels. There is the Gospel according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and the Gospel according to John. We are told that the first three are synoptic Gospels because of the strong similarity in the message which reports the life and the ministry of Jesus. But each gospel has its own purpose. Matthew is a Jew and he writes to a Jewish audience and his objective is to convince the world that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. You see ladies and gentlemen, Matthew clearly understood that if he was to capture the attention of the audience to whom he was writing, that he had to achieve this mission first. He had to convince and to convict those Jews that Jesus indeed qualified to be the Messiah. And that's why he starts out with the genealogy of Jesus Christ and matriculates his way through 42 generations to show that Jesus uh, is a descendant of uh, the, the, the throne of David and has every right to set on his throne and comes through his divinic bloodline. He shows definitively and without any controversy that Jesus Christ indeed was the long-anticipated Messiah. Along comes uh, Matthew after Matthew, John Mark, and John Mark uh, convicts the world that Jesus is the Son of God. Luke is the only Gentile writer of the New Testament times, and he convicts their hearts that Jesus was the suffering servant. And along comes John, who gives us his proposition in the gospel according to John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31, many other signs. Truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. So I want you to see that this is not a redundant and repetitious story that is told over and over again. That violates the law of divine economy. Listen to me. God never does something for nothing. Everything God does, God has a purpose for it. He has, in, he has specific intent in mind for every. God never tries to do anything. And what God does, God does. And what God decides not to do, God decides not to do. But if God speak, you better listen. And if God move, you better watch him. If God gives you instruction, you better obey him. Because God never does something for nothing. 
And so this book magically, uh, as it were, uh, opens with the Gospels about the life and the ministry of this itinerant preacher from Galilee and uh, gives us to understand that he is undisputably the son of the living God. Y'all with me smile and say amen. And so by the time we get to the 17th chapter of the gospel according to Matthew, there is a timeless event that takes place. Uh, give me just a moment here and let me run through this context. I won't hold you long tonight. I want you to know that the text says that um, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and left the other disciples at the foot of the mount and he took Peter, James, and John with him. Now somebody said, why did he take Peter, James, and John? I don't know, but I'll tell you one thing. I do know that sometime in ministry there are brethren that are closer uh, to some brethren than other brothers. That's just the way it is. Peter, James, and John was closer to Jesus. They were with him in the garden when he was arrested. They were with him when they healed Jairus' daughter. Uh, they were with him on a number of occasions when the other disciples were not there. I believe Peter, James, and John were more capable. They were more ready. They were more prepared to tell the world what's getting ready to happen on the top of this mountain. Let me pause for a Bible commercial right here and say in the dynamics of leadership is not a matter of a partiality, but sometimes there are some brethren that end up closer together than other brothers. I didn't say that any brother was better than another brother. I said he might have been closer than another brother, but I learned from the life in the ministry of Jesus that it happens that way sometime there are those because of the ministry those because of the labor those because of the work seem to draw together more so than others but at the end of the day it's all about the ministry of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ it's all about the son of the living God when we start moving and shaking and rattling and doing and talking without regard to the son of God we headed down a slippery slope this thing is always going to be about Jesus there'll never come a time when it's not about Jesus when Jesus doesn't demand to be in charge when it doesn't demand to be respected when it doesn't demand to be regarded when it doesn't demand to be considered when it doesn't demand to put him first this is never about a round that slope shoulder two-legged put his pants on one that leg at a time human being this is always about Jesus who is the Christ who is the son of the living God who is the Messiah who is the lion from the tribe of Judah who is the bright and the morning star who is the rose of Sh don't y'all get me started here tonight I, I want you to know that this thing is always gonna be about Jesus now when the day coming that bothers you that's when it's time for you to quit that's when it's time for you to leave it alone when it seeks to be about Jesus. So he takes Peter, James, and John with him to the top of the mount. And then he leaves the other disciples at the foot of the mountain. Uh, someone asked me once, what mount was it? Well, I don't know if it was Mount Carmel or Mount Nebo or Mount Hermon. I I'm not sure which it is. I've heard some very strong geographical argumentation to back up uh, an argument about which mount it was. But let me say this here to you tonight, Harvey. I'm not sure that the lesson is in the name of the mount. So I can go on to heaven without knowing what mountain it is. What I do know is Jesus went up the mountain. 
and he took Peter, James, and John with him. And then when he got up there, the Bible says that he was transfigured. Let me hear somebody say transfigured. Yeah, Jesus was transfigured. That's the Greek word metamorpho. Uh, the word metamorpho. Uh, transfigured metamorpho. Transfigured. Metamorpho. I know he was transfigured because his face began to shine. And his garments started glowing like white. He was metamorpho. He was transfigured. You know, that word metamorpho is the word from which we get our English word metamorphosis. A metamorphosis is when a thing is transfigured. Metamorphosis is when a caterpillar spins a cocoon and later comes out in his glorified state as a butterfly. He's metamorpho. He's metamorphosis. Metamorpho, Harvey, is when a tadpole goes through gestation and comes leaping out like a frog in his glorified state. That's what metamorphosis or metamorpho is. And Jesus was atop that mountain. And the Bible says he was transfigured. You see, he went up that mountain looking like a man. But when he got to the top of the mountain, Peter, James, and John saw more in him than just a man. They saw him in his glorified state. They saw him as God incarnate. They saw him as God wrapped in a robe of human flesh they saw that he was more than the itinerant preacher that came from Galilee they saw that he was more than just a mortal human being he was in fact above man because he was God incarnate when I say he was God incarnate I'm saying he was 100% man and 100% God all at the same time, 100% man and 100% God. All at the same time. Lord, I'm getting happy here tonight. I said he was 100% man. He was mortal man. He came from his mama's womb like a man. He hungered and he thirsted like a man. He was 100% man. Man, he cried like a man because he was 100% man. He agonized like a man because he was 100% man. But let me tell you something. He was also 100% God. He was older than his mama and older than his daddy because he was from everlasting to everlasting. He was 100% God. He was there in the beginning when God took nothing and created everything. He was 100% God. He was God.
God when he healed the blind man. He was God when he healed the lame man. He was God when he raised Lazarus from the grave. He was God when he performed signs and wonders and miracles. He was 100% man and 100% God. And Peter, James, and John, they saw it. They saw it. The Bible says, all of a sudden, Moses shows up on top of the mountain. Now, Harvey, nobody has seen Moses since the time God allowed his bones to rest in the dust of the earth. And uh, we don't know to this day where Moses' grave is. Because Moses was just one lawgiver that stood in the breach between God and Israel. God never intended for Moses to be worshipped. I got a feeling if we knew where his grave was, we'd be down there worshipping him. Y'all ain't saying nothing. <laughs> so Moses shows up. Watch this now, because this is significant. Jesus is on top of that mountain. Jesus represents grace and truth. The law was given by Moses. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So grace and truth is on top of that mountain. Moses on that mountain represents the law. So you got the lawgiver on the mountain. Grace and truth on the mountain. Now all of a sudden Elias shows up. Ain't nobody seen a lie since the chariot swung low and transfigured him from the earth. But all of a sudden, in the presence of Jesus and Moses, here come Elias. Well, Elias represents the prophets. So you got the prophets on the mount. The law on the mount. Grace and truth on the mount. Jesus on the mount. Moses on the mount. Elias on the mount. Now God didn't show up until Elias and Moses and Jesus got there because he's got a message for the world and he needed Jesus to get there and he needed Moses to get there and he needed Elias to get there and then all of a sudden a cloud overshadowed uh, the prophets and the law and grace and truth and all of a sudden a voice spoke out of the cloud and pointed and said this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased hear ye him not Moses not Elias but Jesus grace and truth not the law not the prophets we're no longer to follow the prophets or uh, follow the law but we're to follow grace and truth and when Jesus said that all of a sudden uh, uh, the, the disciples got up from off the ground and Moses was gone and Elias was gone and nobody was standing there but Jesus. God said, I want you to hear him. I want you to hear my beloved son. God went through all of that to demonstrate uh, 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 the fact that we must learn to listen to and to follow the son of God. We've got to follow Jesus. 
his teachings, his instructions, his directions, the example of his holy and godly life. We must follow Jesus. Let me tell you something. Uh, if it were not for Jesus, we would have no salvation. If it were not for Jesus, we would have no New Testament church. Were it not for Jesus, we would have no sanctification. If it were not for Jesus, we would have no justification. If it were not for Jesus, we could not expect to one day stand before the august throne of Jehovah God to give an account of those things done in the body is all predicated on Jesus. But the only way we can get from earth all the way to glory is to listen to Jesus. Now, brethren, this is important. I, I love you, but in the church, we're getting away from this. We're turning the church into something God never intended for it to be. And it has no Jesus in it. The thing that concerns me is it has no Jesus in it. I was having a conversation with a preacher not long ago, and after we finished the discussion, he said, well, Shabazz, are you coming? I said, no, because it has no Jesus in it. It has no Jesus in it. If it doesn't have any Jesus in it, I don't want nothing to do with it. I walked away from the world because of Jesus. I walked away from the degradation, sin, and filth and mire of transgression because of Jesus. I gave up what I was doing in the street, which, by the way, I was enjoying quite well because of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. I know that my sins are going to be remitted, was remitted because of Jesus. I know that I have a place in that celestial city because of Jesus. I know that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life because because of Jesus, I know that one day I'm going to be able to get my mansion, my robe, and my crown. Oh, because of Jesus, when this world can no longer afford me a home, when I sung the last song and preached the last sermon and prayed the last prayer and visited the last sick, when I've done the last worship service on earth, I know that I can make it to that celestial city to be with God world without end because of my Lord and Savior, Jesus. And so I've got to listen to Jesus. Lord, speak, and I'll listen. Lord, speak, and I'll obey. Lord, speak, and I'll go. Lord, speak, and I'll lift you up. Lord, speak, and whatever you want done is never too much for me to do because I must learn to listen to every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Son of God. He has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of the Son of God. This is all this about listening and receiving and accepting and obeying and following the commandments of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Get for me Second Peter. Uh, uh, brother, brother, see if you can wrestle a microphone from one of these song leaders. Here, one of them got one. Uh, if you can see, see if you can get one of them to turn one loose. Uh, get one, one, of these, one of these microphones from these song leaders. And uh, then I want you to go. Y'all come on with me. I'm going to show you something. Second Peter chapter 1. And, uh, let me start about verse 17. Second Peter chapter 1. Let me start in verse 17. You know what, what happened up there? Mess Peter. What happened on the top of the Mount of Transfiguration so impressed the Apostle Peter that years later Peter was still telling people about what happened on top of that mountain. That's how much of an impression that it made on him. 
And so come on with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. Let's jump in. Uh, 16. 16. Verse 16. Yeah, come on. Verse 16. For we have not followed. Yeah, that's verse 16. <laughs> For we have not followed. Cunningly devised. Cunningly devised. Fables. Fables. When we made known unto you. But what we did is we made when we made, when we made known unto you. The, Read. the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The ability or the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Read. But were eyewitnesses. We were what? Eyewitnesses. Let me tell you something. He said we saw what I'm getting ready to tell you about. We saw it. What didn't come through oral tradition. No one told us about it. We saw it. Read. Of his majesty. Of his majesty. Yes. Read. For he received from God the Father. He, Jesus, received from God the Father. Honor, honor and glory. Honor. Glory. Honor. Glory. Read. When there came such a voice to him. There came. A voice to him from the excellent glory. Now, I want you to know where the voice came from. The voice was God, but God was in his excellent glory. Read. This is my beloved son. He said, this is my beloved son. Beloved son. Yes, sir. Read. In whom? Woo, endorsement. In whom? I am well pleased. I'm well pleased. Yes, Read. And this voice. This voice. Which came from heaven. It, Lord have mercy. I was in a discussion in Detroit a couple of years ago with some guys that called themselves uh, black Hebrew Israelites. And the dude stood up and asked me a question. He said, sir, how do you know where heaven is? I said, I, I, I don't know. Where heaven is, I know where it ain't. <laughs> First of all, the earth is always referred to as down. Anything celestial is referred to in scripture as up. Acts 1, when Jesus went away, stepped on a cloud and went up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now I don't know where heaven is, but it ain't down. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Peter said, and this voice, this voice, which came from heaven, it came from heaven. We heard, we heard when we were with him, when we were with him in the holy mount, in the holy mount. Read. We have also, we have also a more sure word, a more sure word of prophecy. prophecy. Now let me tell you why they have a sure word of prophecy because it came through the son and God sanctioned the son. So he said, we have a more sure word of prophecy. If ye do well to take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until, until the, the day, day star dawn. dawn and arise in your heart, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation, <laughs> for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Yes. Peter said, we know what we're talking about because we were up there in the mount with him and we saw the glory of God and we heard God say, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. I want you to listen to him and that's why we got a, not a word 
Amen. We got a sure word. We got a sure word of prophecy. And you do well if you pay attention to it. If you take heed like a light shining in a dark place like a star dawning to give the world light. He said, listen to Jesus. And all week long, I done sweat out every suit trying to convince somebody to listen to Jesus. We got to follow Jesus. Brethren, I love the Lord's church. If we're not going to follow Jesus, I'm out. I'm out. I'm done. I'm done, man. I'm out. I'm done. I came into the church of Christ to follow Jesus. And I wasn't confused about what I was doing. I knew what I was doing. I left Islam because Jesus is the son of God. I left Islam because the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is God Almighty. And he God by himself. I, I, I came in because Jesus established one church. Yeah, he did. He established one blood bought, hell proof, heaven bound, Holy Ghost filled institution of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I was clear about that in my mind. And everyone who functions in the church must function by the authority of Jesus Christ. You can't do nothing in the church of Christ without authority. You can't even be a member without authority. The Bible said in Colossians 3 and 17, all ye do in word or deed, do all, do all in the nomos, which is the name or the authority of the Lord. Do all. That's everybody. All of us. Nobody's exempt from it. You can't be a Christian without authority. Can't be an elder without authority. Can't be a preacher without authority. Can't be a deacon without authority. All of us have to have authority. Because we've listened to him. And, and, and I'm going to tell you something about him. I'm going to tell you about something. Nobody is like Jesus. <laughs> ain't nobody like Jesus. There ain't nobody ever been like Jesus. Never will be. I'll prove it. Get, get for me Hebrews 1. 1. I'm, I'm almost done here. Uh, ain't nobody. one. And we're going to go on through verse 3. And if I get happy, we're going to go a little further. Uh, yeah, Hebrews. Ain't nobody like Jesus. And, and, sir, ain't nobody like Jesus. In Hebrew 1.1. 1, 1. Yeah. Read. Waiting on this phone, dog. That's all right. That's all right. They got to boot up. <laughs> I, I, I know. I understand. I've been in that position before. God who had sundry times. Somebody say God. God. That's when you know to sit up straight and listen. Right. Now we know who. Yes, sir. God. Yeah. Who at sundry times. Now we know when. And in diverse manners. God in 
different times. Patriarchy, Mosaic, Christian dispensation. Different times. Sundry times. Read. And in diverse matters. Hold And in different manners. Sometimes God spake through a vision. Sometimes he spake through a prophet. Sometimes he spoke by vision. And there's a difference between a dream and a vision. Sometimes God spake by dreams. Sometimes by vision. Sometimes God spake. Y'all ain't saying nothing here tonight. See, sundry times and in diverse or different manners. God spake. But then he get ready to nail this thing down. Read. Spake in time past uh-huh. unto, unto the, the fathers, fathers by the prophets. By the prophets. Read. Hath in these last days. Ha, ha. See, look, look at me. When you say, I want you to put that in it. Hath. Yeah, put that in it. Hath. Yeah, it's past tense. I got, I got braces, Doc. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. I'm sorry. My bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. God, hath. Yes. Yeah, read. In these last in days. In these last days. Spoken unto us by his son. Somebody say last days. Last days. Now, Harvey, listen to me. We're going too long in the church without refreshing the memories of our members. There are a lot of things we've been taught, but we forgot it. And from time to time, we need our pure mind stirred up. Now, I don't quit trying to tell folks something new. If it's new, it ain't true. But you need your pure mind stirred up by way of remembrance. Now, we don't start walking around talking about, girl, I know it's the last day. It's the last days because... Uh, Trump ain't nothing but the mark of the beast. And we're going to figure out a way to make Donald Trump 666. Girl, I know it's the last days. Because mother is against daughter. And son is against father. We in the last, ain't none of that got nothing to do with the last day. Nothing. 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 People have been devils as long as they've been people. Tell me nothing about no bad kids. You know, forgot Cain killed Abel? Come on, man. Reality television ain't even new. Y'all forgot the story about Rachel and Leah and if I brought that back, put it on television, I'd be a quadrillionaire. <laughs> Two women in love with one man. That'll beat The Bachelor any day. <laughs> Ain't nothing new under the sun. 
I'm going to tell you how you can know when the last days is. In Acts 2, on the day of Pentecost, get from it, uh, brother, get from it, Joel 2.28. Joel, uh, chapter 2 and verse 28. Uh, all these Jews out of every nation under heaven were there in Acts 2. Is that right? Parthens, Medes, Elamites, dwellers in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Cretes, Arabians, uh, they were all there. And then Peter and the other apostles start preaching the gospel. Now, the reason why they were preaching the gospel in different languages is because there were Jews there out of every nation under heaven. It wasn't any vain babbling and all this kind of stuff, you know, that folk come up with today. It got nothing to do with that. Tongue was a language. And it was an understandable and discernible language. And I know they understood it because they said, how hear we every man in the tongue wherein we were born? Are not all these men which speak Galileans? We know them from the neighborhood. Well, I tell you what, they must be drunk. (laughs) Well, they made an indictment because no self-respecting Jew ever would go to worship drunk. Number two, Jews that did drink did not become inebriated in the daylight. Amen. That's why often we see teachings about men loving darkness because it covers their evil deeds. Y'all all right? Now, I ain't trying to encourage nobody to wait until night to get drunk. I, that, but I'm just saying what the books say. So, so they said, these men must be drunken. And Peter said, wait a minute, wait, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. These men are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. No Jew gets drunk at the third hour of the day. That was a lie Peter told it. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, he didn't lie. But this is which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, said the Lord, that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall prophesy. And your handmaidens, I'm going to pour out of my spirit on that day. When? In the last day. Peter said, this is that. Now, if you go back and read Joel 2, uh, 28, you'll find that Joel mm-hmm. was quoted. Yes, sir. Read it. And it shall come to pass uh-huh. afterward, afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. It's, it's almost a verbatim quote. So the last days started on the first Pentecost after the resurrection of Jesus in A.D. 33. The last day started over 2,000 years ago. Because this is that. Y'all all right? That's how you can know that you know that you know when the last day started. Okay, how bad your kids? I'm sorry your kids bad. But it has nothing to do 
with the last days. Men been evil for a long time. Man got so evil one time that God wiped the earth clean. And they don't need us one wrong talking about what's wrong with us, all this lesbianism and homosexuality going on. I ain't never seen nothing like it. You ain't read your Bible. Ain't nothing new under the sun. It's just that we have developed even church people. Did I tell y'all I love you? We have hard hearts. Many of us have hard hearts. Best of all, I don't mean no harm. I don't. I don't mean no harm. Some of us could care less what the Bible teaches. We could care less. This stuff is about our own ego. And our own temperament. And our own mentality. Amen. And man been going through this for a long time. When it happened before, God wiped the earth clean. Because the imagination of men's heart was evil continually. They just didn't listen. No matter what God did, they didn't listen. Amen. And every so often, we start seeing it again. 200, 300 years go by, we start seeing it again. But I'm going to tell you something. The word of God shall stand forever. God's truth shall stand forever. Now let me tell you when the last day is going to end. Get for me 1 Corinthians 15, 24. I'm almost done. 1 Corinthians 15. I'm going to show you when they go in. 1 Corinthians 15, 24. See, so you got to listen to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Got to listen to Jesus. That's all you got to do, bro. You just got to listen to Jesus. No, that's right. Matthew 15. I mean, well, 1 Corinthians 15, 24. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order. Yeah, that ain't 1 Corinthians 15, 25. 15, 25. Huh? 25, 15, yeah. 25. Yeah. For he must reign. 24. Then come at the end. All right, I'm finna say, you messing up now. Don't mess up. <laughs> this is a good sermon. You'll mess it up. <laughs> Verse 24. My, my apologies. My apologies. Then come. Then! Yes, sir. I like to take a word at a time. Yeah. Okay. I've learned something. That's easy. Young preacher, okay. l- listen to me. Every word in the scriptures has validity. And syntactically speaking, words modify the meaning of other words. So I've learned in my study to not ever run over no word. I go to a scripture and I take it word by word. I ain't quick to quote what everybody else quoted. Every word has a meaning and some importance. Then I'm going to get the message. Are y'all all right? Yes. That way I don't go away making Shabazz's point. I want to make Paul's point. Right. Peter's point. Right. John's point. Right. I don't want to make my point. Right. Amen. And some preachers are masterful at taking the right point and proving it from a wrong scripture. Mercy, mercy. Lord have mercy. Y'all will figure that out on the way home. Then, then cometh. Cometh. I ain't going to mess with the bracelet. <laughs> The end. It means it's going to come and keep on coming. Right. Then cometh the what? The end. I told you I was going to tell you when the last day's end. Yeah. Then cometh the what? The end. What's going to happen? When he shall have. He shall what? Have. Come on. Delivered up the kingdom. He's going to gonna deliver up the kingdom. 
to God. To God. Even the Father. Even the Father. When he shall have. Now when Jesus deliver up that kingdom to God, even the Father. Yes, sir. Then what are he going to do? When he shall have put down he all rule. Then he going to put down all rule. Read. And all authority. All authority. And power. And power. And can I tell you why he's going to put it down? Because right now Jesus is a mediator between God and us. But when the kingdom get before the throne, you're not going to need no mediator because you'll see God face to face. Then cometh the end when he shall deliver up the kingdom to God, even the Father, he'll put down all principality and rule and dominion and might. Yes, sir. That's what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. That's how, that's what's going to happen uh, when, when the last days are over. See, the Bible will tell you if you hear him. If you hear him, if you just listen to him, you'll find that, that the Lord will tell you what you need to know. I, I saw some stuff on Facebook, and I'm, I'm not a Facebook person. But, but uh, and, and by the way, did I tell y'all I love you? Will y'all do brush your Bible's favor? I love y'all. Please believe me. I love me. I'm a good guy. I am. I love people. If In this work, if you don't love people, you're in the wrong work. I'm a people person. I don't mean no harm. That's why I show up at the church early and I walk through the pews and shake hands. I don't need to make no grand entrance. Because I'm a people person. I'm a servant. Amen. Uh, but y'all do me a favor. Don't send me no Facebook requests. First of all, sisters, I, brush your boss, I'm married. I'm married. I ain't sitting up all night explaining to Sister Shabbat why you want to be my friend. <laughs> now, I love you. I don't mean no harm. Now, I love you. Facebook done tore up more marriages. You get a few people that don't understand that junk and don't understand how it works. Y'all know how Facebook works. You know, you can go on Facebook to the worldwide thing, push the wrong thing, naked women come up and all like that. And then folks be talking about what that's doing on your Facebook. No, I mean, I love everybody, but, you know, I respect my wife and, and all the folks. I got over a thousand friends, and they're all preachers and preachers' wives that I know. And 99.9 .9 tenths of them is ones she know. Y'all come on, say amen if you, if you can. Facebook going to kill more marriages. Then you can shake a stick at it. Let me tell you something. The Facebook, the social media, it's the devil. And none but the devil. I don't know how I got on the devil. Now we know when the end is coming. Just a small example of what we can learn when we listen to him. I've made up in my mind that I'm going to follow Jesus. And I'm content and, be, and I'm satisfied that that's what God wants from me. God wants me to follow Jesus. I've learned to stop listening to people. And I've learned to start listening to Jesus. When we start talking about the church, I start going to the Bible. And I'm looking for what we need to do by law, by principle, or by precept. I'm looking for something. Because the Bible said God has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him. And so there's an answer in there somewhere. I might have to burn a little midnight oil. I might have to be careful that I rightly divide the word of truth. But at the end of the day, I'm going to hear ye him. I want to tell you something, Harvey. Many of you, I'm looking into your faces. God done brought you from a mighty long way. 
I'm looking at you. God done brought you from a mighty long way. And the, and the reason, the way you got from where you were to where you are is that you held on to the hand of Jesus. And you believed every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And I want to tell you something, that can't change. It can never change. We must always hold on to Jesus Christ and to the words of Christ. You can never go wrong. He'll never lead you wrong. He'll never tell you nothing wrong. He'll never do wrong. He's never made a mistake. He doesn't have the ability to make a stake, mistake. What you got to do is hold on to the Lord Jesus Christ. Every word that proceedeth out of his mouth is holy. It's pure. It is what God wants and it will lead us from earth to glory if we hold on to every word that proceedeth out of his mouth. Peter tried to tell us. I was up there in that mountain. I heard him. God endorsed him. I'm going to listen to him and that's why I know the stuff we're telling you is a more sure word of prophecy and if you want to do well then you better listen to it and you better take heed just like when the sun starts shining or when the twilight lights up. You better listen to every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the son of the living God. One more point and I'm done tonight. Nobody is like Jesus. Nobody. Hebrews 1 and I'm done. Hebrews 1 and I'm done. Hebrews 1 and I'm done. Hebrews 1 1. Hebrews 1 1. God with sundry times and in, in diverse, diverse manners spake in time, in time past, past unto the fathers by, by the prophets. Hath when? In these days. When? Le in these days. Yeah, read. In these last days spoken. In the last days spoken unto us by his, by son, his son. Whom he hath appointed heir of Number all one, things. God appointed him heir. Read. By whom also he made the world. Number two, God made the worlds by Read. Who being the brightness of his glory. Number three, he's the brightness of God's glory. Read. And the express image of Hold his it. person. Number four, he's the express image of the Father's person. Read. And upholding all things. Number six, he upholds all things by the word of his power. Yes, sir. Read. When he had, pur he had by himself purged our sins. Jesus. 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 By himself purged my sin. Jesus. By himself. Yes, sir. <laughs> by himself. Brother, ain't nothing you can do to purge your sin. And what contribution you make to the purging of your sin compared to the contribution of Jesus equals nothing. Harvey, I'm going to tell you something. I hope y'all don't get upset with me. I'm not a heretic. I'm not a false teacher. I'm going to tell you something. You are saved. If you've been baptized for the remission of sins, if you've gone down, if you heard the word, believed it, repented of your sin, confessed Christ, was baptized for the remission of your past sins and added to the church of Christ, you ain't trying to be saved. You saved. Amen. And I don't care if you repent 50, 11 million times. The only way you're going to get to heaven is by God's grace. Now, I'm not trying to teach nobody to not repent. We must be obedient, complicit, compliant, submissive, penitent, and all them other good verbs. But when you get through with that, you, you, you have nothing without the grace 
of the Son of God. Church of Christ, stop living like you're not saved. Stop struggling like you're not saved. What's the matter with you? Walking around with your heads dropped down in the locks of your shoulder. Do you know who you are? Reason why you 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 you, you ain't acting like you save is because you ain't thinking like you save. As a man thinking in his heart, if you think you ain't, you're gonna live like you ain't. I'm gonna tell y'all something. I might not be much, but I declare I'm saved, and I'm saved by the blood of Jesus, and I'm trying to work out my soul salvation. I'm going to worship God every time I can get to an assembly where God is being worshipped because I'm working it out, but I'm saved. Amen. I'm going to study my Bible at every time the church assembled to study the word of God or every time I can on my own. But while I'm studying, I'm saved. Amen. I'm going to find me a work to work out my soul salvation and to make a contribution to whatever local church I'm in. But while I'm working and contributing, I'm saved. I've been washed in the crimson blood of Jesus. Jesus is prophet, he's priest, and he's king. He purged our sins by himself, by himself, by himself, all by himself. I know we love to sing, I'm going to walk right, talk right, sing right, pray right. I'm going to walk right, talk right, sing right, pray right. We love to sing it. I'm going to walk right, talk right, sing right, pray right. I don't care how much you walk right, talk right, sing right, pray right. Walk right, talk right, sing right, pray right, ain't going to save you. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. And then you live out of every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Girl, I ain't going to do that. I ain't going to be saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. And he's made provisions for me. And it's him that writes my wrongs. Not me. It's him. Now, I must change. But my contribution to my salvation, comparatively speaking, to his contribution equals nothing. He's prophet, priest, and king. Ain't nobody like Jesus. Nobody like Jesus. Nobody like Jesus. And so all week, we want the world to know him. Brother Shabazz may not have done a very good job. But what I've simply tried to do is take basic, elementary, fundamental context of Scripture to show you the gospel in the Old Testament, the gospel in Asia, the gospel in Roman Proconsular Asia. I've showed you the gospel almost all over the first century world. And the ability or the power that is in that gospel. You know what? In New York right now, our numbers are down. Our numbers are down. Uh, our numbers at Harlem are not as large as they were six, seven years ago. I preach in a very transient city. And many people come to New York and they stay four, five, six, seven years and then they leave. And they go someplace where you can live sensibly, like Chicago. <laughs> or Atlanta. Amen. Or Washington, D.C. 
And so our numbers are not as large as they were. And truth be told, ain't none of our numbers as large. I was talking to a good preacher friend of mine in Atlanta a few days ago, and he said, Shabazz, I'm going to tell you something. He said, even in the South, where we have had the formidable largest churches, our numbers have shrunk. I said, what? He said, I'm telling you, even in the Bible Belt, numbers are shrinking. And so some of the members came to me and said, now, Brother Shabazz, you've done a masterful job. I mean, you know, you, you baptize over 1,000 people that we can document. The time I've been in New York, but our number's a little smaller right now. What you going to do? I said, preach. Well, brush I don't. I said, what, what you, I'm going to preach. And then I'm going to preach. And then I'm going to preach. And then I'm going to preach some more. Amen. I'm going to preach the gospel. That's what saves men. You can sing till you choke yourself. A song ain't never saved nobody. And I ain't got nothing against singing. I love good singing. Oh, Brother Florence, make me sick. Ain't no man supposed to be able to preach like that and sing like that true. It make me sick. <laughs> make up your mind. Do one or the other. Walk <laughs> around here. I can tell just good when Brother Florence tired. When he ain't tired, he preached the paint off the wall. When he tired, he sing. The carpet off the floor. <laughs> but he going to get you one way or another. <laughs> he going to get you one way or another. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to preach and preach and preach. Harvey, you want the church to grow? Teach. You want the saints to be strengthened? Teach. You want folk to get in line? Teach. Demand that we obey the teaching. That the standard be the teaching. Amen. When we depart from the tea, that's when I'm ready for a fight. Now, come on. Let's do this. Let's do this. I'm ready to fight. When, when, when you start stepping out, say, I'm ready to fight, man. I love you. I don't mean no harm. We're going to fight now. We're going to fight. And I ain't talking about physically. I'm talking about I'm going to break out that book. I'm going to break out that book, man. Look, you ain't read your Bible. The Bible said, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on to eternal life. When Paul got to the end of his journey, Paul said, I fought a good fight. Sometimes you got to fight. Yeah. I hear an amen here. That's why preaching ain't no place for a weak man. Preaching ain't no place. And ain't no way no, no weak man got no business preaching. Because sometimes you got to fight. In the name of Jesus. Is that all right? What you got to do is hear the word Romans 10, 17 and believe that word Hebrews 11 and verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You, you're on your way. You're on your way to him. You got to repent of your past sins. Acts 17 and 30. The time of this ignorance God winked at now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. You're on your way to him. You got to confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of the living God. That confession must be made before other men. Matthew 10, 32 and 33. Jesus said, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him shall I confess before my Father which is in heaven. Whosoever shall deny me before men, him shall I deny before my Father which is in heaven. That, that, that confession must be made with the mouth. Romans 10, 9 and 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth 
confession is made under salvation. That confession by apostolic example is found in Acts 8.37 part B when the Ethiopian eunuch said, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Based on that confession, we will baptize you. Matthew chapter 28 verses 19 and 20. And that baptism is for the remission of your past sins. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Jesus Christ will add you to the church of Christ. Acts chapter 2 and verse 47. Romans chapter 16 and verse 16. And then you work out your soul's salvation. I got to go, Harvey. But I, when I'm gone, I want y'all to remember this one thing. Brother Shabbat said this one thing to every member. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We got a whole generation that God has and is calling home. It's time for us to step up. Hold the church of Christ together. We ain't got time to be bickering and fussing and fighting about a bunch of nothing. Because the devil can take something like this and make it Sometimes you got to ask yourself a simple question. Is it worth tearing the church up? Well, I'm right. So what? You're so full of your right self. How about peace in the church? I hear the amen here. Amen. 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 Peace from God. Because we have peace with God. So we can live in the peace of God. What the church needs is peace. Y'all all right? If you're here tonight and you need the special prayers of the church, can we pray with you? Can we pray for you? We'd be happy to pray for you. If now and then you, you, you need some timber sent up, and we'd be happy to pray with you. Pray for you. That's my series of lessons, Harvey. I hope it helps somebody. That the